0: Who gave you this? I... I did it. Now, that's impossible. That's impossible. You couldn't have seen it. Who gave it to you? Where did you see this, huh? You heard what she said. She invented it herself. She's like that. Just loves to do horrible things. If you could just see what she does to lizards.
1: Profondo Rosso. Okay,
0: now a bit of background for this. We recently watched and discussed Suspiria, which is a classic, a complete classic. And we'd also watched another film by the same director. These films are uh, Italian suspense movies which are known as Gialli, correct?
1: Well, Suspiria isn't, but uh, Profondo Rosso is.
0: And also, the previous one we'd seen was was also. uh, Jelly, uh, I'm trying to think was it called Inferno
1: we didn't do Inferno
0: the previous Dario Origins. did we do another one yeah of course we
1: did we did Suspiria you're so annoying you're supposed to remember the title of these films oh sorry Tenebrae yeah sorry Tenebrae we did Tenebrae thank you so months ago <laughs> so the,
0: the the scoreboard
1: was I love Suspiria and I really
0: was not wild about Tenebrae you were terribly disappointed so with somewhat with trepidation, you gave me Profondo Rosso, which is another film by this Italian cult director Dario Argento. and yes. So to put you out of your misery, Profondo Rosso is good. Uh, I don't think it's as good as Suspiria, but I don't think anything else can be.
1: Profondo Rosso has a major flaw in that it's very, very slow to start.
0: Oh, well, that's kind but of.
1: Once uh, it gets going, that sort it sort of
0: accords with what I've written. I've written David Hemmings is rather late entering the story.
1: Yeah, well, he, he buffs about quite a bit. He's there, he's present, but yeah, the actual plot takes a while to get going. Unfortunately, there's a lot of setup prior to that, which makes a lot more sense when you've got to the end of the film. But it's a two hour journey that by the end of it, you may not have remembered all that information you were dumped with. See, I don't know which version did you watch because you, I gave you a, a disc with two versions. Yes, you told me to watch the English language one, which is about 20 minutes shorter. Yeah, unfortunately, I watched the Italian one because that's all <laughs> I had left, having given you my other copy. Well, but you've seen it many and times before. There are interminable scenes with Marco and Hemmings at the very beginning which drag considerably Um, I'd much prefer the English cut
0: good Uh, I I have I missed any gratuitous nudity
1: no it's Argento, we've been through this you don't get much
0: oh you just yes, and very, rather creepily until he starts making movies with his daughter and then she takes her clothes off yes so that, then he can't help himself yeah well let's move on we're doing phantom of the opera soon let's move on <laughs> swiftly from that yes uh so the first thing that impressed me about this is there's sort of a co- conference where they're talking about telepathy and this telepath says that thoughts linger in a, like a cobweb like cobwebs in a room. Mm-hmm thoughts that have happened what a great image of course this being the kind of movie it is that telepath is going to be murdered pretty soon
1: (laughs) well she very quickly senses that there's a murderer in the room
0: in the audience at this theater yeah where she's doing her talk
1: and we're treated to uh more argento pov shots as ever (laughs) the murderer's pov you get used to them eventually
0: and Um, eventually david hemmings enters the story and he's the witness to this murder but before that happens there's this fabulous thing about Argento is that his stuff is always very rich and intriguing visually and there's a sequence where he's David Hemmings is a, a musician he's a piano player a composer and he's he works in sort of nightclubs and stuff and he meets this other guy who's also a nightclub pianist and he, they look down the street and there's this cafe at the corner and it's the, the Hopper painting Nighthawks at the yes. diner absolutely it's isn't amazing it? isn't it it's great and it's just like a th- almost a throwaway shot, but I thought, thought oh, that's staggeringly beautiful.
1: It's not the only Hopper painting in the film. Oh, do uh, tell. He recreates a couple. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a scene much later on as well. Um, I can't actually remember the name of the painting, but yeah, he does another one. Uh, it's Visually, this film, I think, is... With Suspiria, it's all about what's on the screen. With Profondo Rosso, it's about what he's showing you on the screen. And both films, I think, are equally good in terms of their visual style. But I think Profondo Rosso probably has it over Suspiria because Suspiria is more of a pretty film. Uh, Profondo Rosso is a very clever film.
0: When you say it's about what's on the screen, are you also saying that it's about what's not on the screen? Yes. Yeah, I sort of got that. There's an amazing um, sequence. This is much later in the film. I've written that we, uh, we think it's David Hemmings' shadow and then it moves and he doesn't. It's very scary.
1: Oh, I mean, there's so much of that going on, and also just the way that you've got the fleeing murderer at the beginning, and Marco walks into shot from the right, so immediately you think, well, it can't be him, I've seen him in the same shot as the murderer. Uh, is this a spoiler? <laughs> well, it's going to be unavoidable with this, with this, um, because I, I adore the conceit of the ending of this film, that the... the as we've been through for the testimony oculare, yeah, you know, where you've got this guy who's seen something but he's not quite sure what he's so, seen. So testimony, okay,
0: testimony oculare is an eyewitness testimony, and it's one of the cliches of these Jalli, which are they're usually crime movies, the suspense films, and they involve amateur detectives, amateur investigators. Uh,
1: usually artistic people. So in this case, we've got a jazz pianist,
0: David Hemings. and Hemings is really good. And there's something. Hemmings like, is brilliant. What I really liked is there's a six really quite suspenseful scenes where he's just sitting at home playing his piano and we know there's a murder on the loose <gasps> and he realises that there's a the murderer has entered his flat and the thing is and this so seldom happens in the cinema he does exactly what I would have done he reaches behind him and he picks up this heavy statuette <laughs> to use as a weapon because when it was all happening I thought if I was him I'd grab that statuette <laughs> he has it and he's ready to deploy it the other but interesting keeps
1: playing the piano while he's doing yeah. it so that the murderer doesn't know he's onto exactly. it exactly
0: and I just thought, how often do people in a thriller behave sensibly and the way that you would behave if you in those situations? Most suspense movies and thrillers are predicated on the notion that people are too stupid to do the right thing, you know, to get them out of jeopardy. So I, liked, I appreciated that a lot. It was a small thing, but it, it
1: made a big uh, difference to me. It's really well shot, that sequence too. But There's an incredible shot that pulls away from Hemmings and goes round the corner through a very narrow doorway round to the front door and that would take a long long time to set up and yet it's only on screen for fleeting few seconds Uh, you've really got to look at the technical aspects of this film to appreciate how much effort Argento has gone to
0: well just to go back to Tenebrae there's an amazing shot which isn't entirely justified of a a camera rising up over a house and over the roof
1: Mm yeah i mean he does this occasionally and in most of his films there's a fantastic sequence Uh, the later stuff especially you usually get one good sequence and the rest of it is a bit iffy but he's still got it he can still deliver one good sequence every now and then
0: i can't believe that i'm reminding you of your own commentary about argento but when hemmings picks up that statuette preparing to use it as a weapon you'd mentioned that there's this recurring theme about works of art being used as weapons in yeah yeah, in Argento (laughs) movies and this this proves that you you weren't totally talking nonsense for once
1: well also um I think you could argue that a piece of jewelry is a piece of art and a necklace is a piece of art
0: (laughs) but people have been I assume you're talking about being throttled by a necklace
1: yes uh uh, towards uh, well at the end of the film look we can't avoid spoilers it it, this has got to be done and another uh, what i would like to know is if you figured out why the painting had moved
0: uh there's a sequence in which we see what would they go into the apartment is it before the woman's murdered or just or after
1: What well, they see her I mean she's well and truly dead as usual with Argento a woman's head goes through a pane of glass this becomes <laughs> quite a common theme and Hemmings runs up the stairs and as he runs into the flat he runs down the hallway uh, past all these paintings to get to her
0: and we see a spooky face which turns out to be a painting or does it
1: that's the thing is that he thinks he's seen a painting in there which when he comes back down the corridor he, he just can't figure out where it's gone because he knows he saw it when he ran in He was more interested in trying to get to her, and of course, the conceit there is that it wasn't a painting at all, it was a mirror, and the murderer was standing behind him as he ran in and he saw her in the mirror. Uh, You've revealed
0: that the the murderer is her, but let's let's not race to reveal who the murderer was. I want to say that it's
1: well, the thing is, it's more to do with the setup, is that I think that if you Spot that and work that out early on, it probably spoils the film for you. But yeah. did you spot that? And work no,
0: what out? I'm saying, I was just about to say, is that I didn't guess who the killer was, which is always very gratifying.
1: Yeah, well, all signs point to Carlo, but like I say, the problem is, even when Carlo's revealed at the end as being the killer, yeah, you know, you've seen him in that two shot, and it's so fucking annoying. Argento just gets you, and you think, well, maybe he forgot and he just shot it badly. <laughs> well, what Matt's referring to is the fact that. The killer is very explicitly revealed and he's
0: dealt, he actually ends up being dragged by a fire truck, doesn't he? Which is really quite a gratifying thing to happen to a bad guy in a movie.
1: And then gets his head runner. Yeah,
0: oh, that's great. Yes, it's like the, the, you know, the icing, the cherry on the icing. It's fabulous. Something after another. Yeah. But uh, afterwards, like a little while after that, David Hemmings suddenly realised, but wait a minute, he couldn't be the killer because I was with him when one of the murders took place. So there's, again, there are two killers on the loose. Yeah.
1: And I I just love that structure, and I I just think yeah. this is a really well written film compared to Suspiria, which is maybe one draft short of perfection. Oh,
0: just, Suspiria isn't about being well constructed; it's just about fabulous visuals, really, and yeah, sound. Absolutely, it's just about the impact on the screen. But didn't Tenebrae also involve two killers?
1: In a very different way.
0: Yeah. So, but that's that. I've often invoked the name of Agatha Christie in these discussions, and that's the kind of thing that Agatha Christie might do to muddy the waters, that it turns out there's two killers whose uh, predations overlap. And that's what happens here.
1: I want It's a very difficult thing to write, because you've really got to plan ahead for that. <laughs> uh, and it's... you've got to drop enough red herring so as people will not think that there are two killers. It's
0: not that difficult. But, I mean, but it does involve hard work and careful construction. You're absolutely right. Yeah.
1: I mean, look, there's a lot of people that would make a pig's ear of it. Oh, yeah. And have. I've I've written
0: here, uh, for one of the later killings, not just a drowning, but a scalding, if you remember. Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, again, this is all down to Argento's set pieces. His murders are just... They're like little mini films in themselves. You could just watch those sequences on their own. You'd have to be uh, a bit sick. (laughs) Again, I. this is one of these little details that he throws in, the idea of writing a message that's what i wanted to touch on in the tiles and then the window just blows open
0: so what happens oh. is that this woman is being murdered in this bathroom and it's full of in fact there's a bathtub from hot water in which she's drowned and the so the bathroom is full of steam and in her dying moment she crawls to the, the mirrored tiles on the wall and she writes a vital clue but as soon as the windows opened the uh, the writing disappears but wonderfully uh, and this is really good, I, works out there's something was it hemmings or is somebody else they work up uh, no it's it's
1: um it's the 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 uh critic
0: yeah which is kind of weird that it's, it's not, not our he hero. looks a
1: bit like i thought uh Huel bennett I've, in his karaoke guys
0: i have no idea <laughs> what you're talking fair about fair enough
1: but he played Shelley.
0: it's a bit of shame that it's not our main hero discovers anyway there's other good guy works out that there's some writing there and then puts the hot water back on and the the final the death message reappears i just thought that was really beautifully done
1: well i love that the police have gone to the trouble of drawing the outline of her finger up onto the tiles and down. which the
0: kind of again. kind of is a giveaway that she wrote something with her finger i've, I've written that the uh, the cold air uh taking the the the, uh the mist off the tiles is very effective as is the remisting later on so that's that to me was a really memorable sequence but it's it's violated one of the primary hollywood rules of screenwriting that it should be our protagonist who's involved and not a secondary character
1: but he can't do that because we need to keep the murder rate up and there's nobody else left around him to die so if he went to investigate he would be the one to find out the only reason the critic gets killed is because he's found that secret out yeah that makes sense
0: <laughs> but yeah. what I haven't mentioned yet is that Daria Nicolodi is also in this movie who is, she who is Dario Argento's girlfriend. Uh
1: yeah, they weren't married at this point. But they were
0: collaborators. In fact she wrote, if I remember correctly, wrote Tenebrae. Uh, Oh, did she? Sorry, I got, got that wrong. She was in... Yes, and she... She, she uh, was in Tenebra. And she's in this one, too. And I've got to say that her car is a hoot. I've written Darian Nicolodi's car is a hoot. She's got this funny little car that she rides in with David Hemmings and it just it's just basically falling apart. That was terrific.
1: This is, again, these funny little things that Argento seizes on and uses. And what I love about this film is that the roles are reversed completely with her and Hemmings in a horror film, in that he is actually quite effeminate and <laughs> useless and panicky whereas she's much stronger nothing phases her and she's much more go getten and she's constantly got the upper hand on him right down to the arm wrestling which i oh it's got one of my favorite lines in film that
0: that was an absolute elbow off the table
1: which can only be delivered in Hemmings's voice
0: <laughs> uh, she's a terrific actress and a really good character in this movie um and I've written there's an amazing shot where her face is silhouetted against the flames it's just gorgeous do you know what I mean
1: I do what about the shot with the cigarette
0: maybe that's not in the cut I've got is it
1: she um she spins a cigarette in her hand and brings it up to her mouth
0: oh I don't remember that but it, it, it might be just something that I missed but what it's I wanted, a hell of a shot what I wanted to it's ask, a really
1: good trick she does <laughs>
0: what I wanted to ask is uh, and I sort of know the answer but that, that amazing fantastic Art Nouveau house which is oh well, isn't it
1: beautiful is that a set no that's a fucking house I mean, wow, how the they found it I don't know wow. it is abs- I want that house well I, I don't after I've seen all the, the goings on
0: that have gone on there because this is the house that is the source of uh the sort of primal source of all the killings that happened not in a haunted house way but it was the location
1: for the first murder that set all the other murders in train so you wouldn't buy a house if it was a murder house
0: oh let's not have a huge discussion about that <laughs> it's a bit big to heat that house as well but it's fantastic looking at, And you tell me it's a real house which is st- stunning to hear
1: well and what i love about it is that we get to see it for almost a full half hour of hemmings wandering around that house with incredible music, again, from Goblin, which I think is borrowing big time from Mike Oldfield by this stage. <laughs> I've written, that written, bass line is superb. In this sequence,
0: I've written, Olga is a very
1: creepy kid. Oh, that's Nicola Torelmi. Um, Tell me what She one. turns up in a couple of films. She's <laughs> in a really good film with George Lazenby uh, called Who Saw Her Die. <laughs> You're just making this um, stuff up. <laughs> no, seriously, she is your creepy kid from Italy, and she did a few films as a kid and I, the only one I think she did when she was growing up was uh, Demons Ooh. maybe even Demons 2, I don't think it was even Demons 1 but yeah, Nicoletta Elmi, And she, she turns up in other films, I'll find you another film with her in she is a
0: creepy kid par excellence
1: um, my worry again here is the lizard I don't think that's a fake lizard No,
0: there's a sequence where it looks like a poor little lizard's been killed and that, I did not like that either, now you've reminded me of that, what a bummer what a well that. I knew you'd be bothered by
1: it I was, well spotted um, I, I don't think it's fake no, it's not like the bat in Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you. Yes. See, there's a sequence in this film. Again, I like the unexpected in any film. But in this film, there is the weirdest moment, which is you're in the middle of a murder, the, the critic's being murdered in his house, and he keeps getting his teeth smashed against window cases. <laughs> <and the> thing, <laughs> Sorry. Which is, again, this Argento thing of why shoot someone because everyone's done that? Everyone's hit their teeth on something and that's something that you can relate to in yes a that's interesting yeah if, uh, that's why that pain hits you more but then out of the blue all of a sudden this fucking ginger freaky puppet comes flying out of a wardrobe
0: oh and it just starts walking across the floor yeah that's a very strange. <laughs> sp- no explanation There's a, whatsoever. there is a little clockwork dummy who wants it, in the shop. That's <laughs> that is a very odd sequence you are right my friend
1: and it's it's too much because you've already gone through this guy being killed and i feel exactly the way his face looks in that sequence which is Oh, come on this adds insult to injury well it's more injury to insult
0: yeah it is a little too much I, I mean this in keeping with other italian horror movies and jally they they're not necessarily logical they don't really make sense that they're more about just extravagance of effect
1: I, th- I think this one at least has a coherent plot
0: it does quite a well-organized plot
1: yeah, it, this is uncommon with Argento. What
0: also... Even just,
1: some of his other... I mean, like Trauma. I don't mind Trauma. I think it's a good film, but, wow, you really don't want to sit there and write out the plot points
0: in the <laughs> What also just struck me, which reminds me of Tenebrae, is that there's some fairly mature and, um, what's the word, liberal or, or tolerant view of some gay characters, which is unusual at the yes.
1: time. Well, oh, here's the other thing. Um, Marco's boyfriend yeah uh who we see that's actually an actress Oh, that's hilarious well they cast an actress to make it more confusing for the viewer well
0: that character the the marco's boyfriend is a major red herring because we keep getting close up of the killer's eyes and the, (laughs) the, the eyes have eye makeup on and we think oh it's marco's boyfriend so that's actually you must have noticed
1: that daria Nikolaydi had the same makeup as well
0: oh just to keep us thinking she might be yeah, yeah.
1: everyone's all the female characters have heavy eye makeup but, but
0: but that the fact that that is allegedly a guy was actually a woman it again ties in with tenebrae where i believe that they had a transsexual actress yes. yeah
1: yeah um I, I just think italy's much free and easier
0: well it was it was a much more enlightened view than one would have expected around this time because this was even earlier than tenebrae wasn't it
1: Oh, well, yeah, this is 75. Yeah, so um, it was... It was that and was, a Catholic country, which is even more surprising. That was
0: very refreshing.
1: Uh, so you liked Profondo Rossi?
0: Much better than Tenebrae, but listen, uh, Suspiria's a high-water mark. I, I know you say it's a horror movie and not a giallo. What the heck? But it's just such a masterpiece. It's very going to be very hard to top that. I mean, Suspiria's completely bonkers. People, please listen to our Suspiria episode. But it, also, just watch Suspiria. It's, it's an amazing cinematic artefact.
1: I don't want to spoil things for you, but I'm afraid they aren't topped.
0: So superior, we, we've seen the best of Argento is what you're saying.
1: Uh, well, there's still a couple of early ones. Bird with the Crystal Plumage is a great film and so is Cat of Nine oh, Tails. Well, I've actually but... just
0: bought that, got the lush, luscious Blu-ray of that. So let's Which schedule that. Uh, I've got the Arrow edition of Cat of Nine Tails.
1: Oh, really? Okay, nice. I've got the limited edition of that, which I'm about to eBay and buy the normal one off because the special edition's going for much more money. <laughs>
0: Does it have any, any extras that we
1: need to watch? Yeah, it's just got a shitty booklet. I, I, I'm sh- not interested in booklets. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do uh, Cat and Ninetales because uh, that's a fun one, and Carl Malden's nose is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> How often I hear that? <laughs> well, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah. OK, well, well, we'll do another Argento and we'll certainly do another Giallo. We'll, we'll try and find another director and uh, yeah, maybe to do Sergio some, Martino. To do
0: some comparisons. I'd love to do that.
1: Yeah. Is he uh, the belly of the Black
0: a, sp- black Widow Spider or something?
1: Uh, black Belly the Tarantula. N- mm-hmm. It's not Martino. No, we, we're probably going to do Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. <laughs> now, you had me at the title. <laughs> that's always the way with the giallo they never they never fulfil their promise except for Eyeball which I watched the other night <laughs> which, there were plenty of eyeballs <laughs> they generally peek at the title
0: ok so Profondo Rosso um, to my liking much better than Tenebrae but yet not quite as good as Suspiria this has been a podcast by friend Matt West and myself, Andrew Cartmel. But very importantly, the music, the fabulous music you heard at the beginning and that you're listening to now is by Joe Kramer. Thank you very much, Joe.
1: Hello? Hello? Listen,
0: Gianna, Gianna, there's somebody in the house. He's absolutely trying to kill me, you know?